Hey, Coop. Mick Kringles. What's up? <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Well, you know, it's one of my many nicknames for you. You know, it's the holiday season, and it's full of holiday cheer and joy, and yes. I'm just, I'm in the mood. And you know, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. You know, that's something I want to talk to you about. Okay. Let's I wanted talk. to tell you I loved you. Man, I appreciate what you do. Wow. But I love 99.5% of you. Um... Uh, thank you. What? Why, what's the? How much do you love most people? A hundred. I mean, the people I love most, I love a hundred percent. You're just, you're, you're special to me. You know. Um, I'm not fully tracking. I'm trying to take this in the best possible way, but you're gonna have to expand upon. For that the listeners who are very confused, how, and me, I'm confused. I guess you're confused too. Cooper, it's your voice. Um. Go on. You have a beautiful face for radio. Okay, thank Your you. Your voice sounds great on the podcast. Okay. But it is so dang loud. I mean, yeah, I can get I can get pretty loud. It's so loud. Cooper has an octave that he can hit that the average human can't and it will yeah. literally split your And the average human's half. ears can't can't handle handle it. it. Yeah. I think I'm a few notches deafer after like What'd you say? Mm, you almost got me. <laughs> You just have a loud voice. I and do. I love all of you except your loud, loud voice. Right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a little demonstration. Okay. Cooper's going to go into our living room. Okay. Which is a, a great distance away. Yeah. And you're going to yell your famous phrase, neither bomb nor bullet. Okay. Our, it's, our, it's favorite, book our favorite book title okay. by Archbishop Benjamin from Nigeria. Okay. So here we go. We're going to I'm going to, okay. I'm going to leave. We're going to demonstrate how loud Cooper's voice is. Here we go. The, uh, the test starts in three... Two, one, go. <laughs> it, it is so loud. Cooper is so far away. He's walking back in right now. Hey, guys. Did you hear that, Zach? Oh, of course. I, I think the people in across Dallas heard it. But, Cooper, I just wanted to say I appreciate you. Thank I appreciate you. what you do for the podcast. However, tell me that you haven't taken advantage of my giftings. Okay, that was where I was going to go. Okay. I'm not the type that draws attention to anything. Right. If we're in a big crowd and like someone needs to get everyone's attention, no. I'm not your go-to. Right. Guy. You well, actually. I have a soft voice. It's gentle. It's gentle. It's sweet. It's just, it's <laughs> just bless kidding. its heart. I, I bless its heart. But the other day, I needed your talent. Yeah, you were at your own engagement. I was at my Congratulations. Own Thank you. By the way, Thank Zach you. Funderburg getting engaged. engaged. Shout out. Abby Crosby. Oh. She said yes. Soon to be. Abby Funderburg. Sheesh. Crazy. Crazy. That's amazing. Blessings on blessings. We love you, Abby, and we're excited we for do. you to join the family. Oh, man. We're excited for a third roommate. I, well, anyway. Is that how that's going to work? <laughs> I hope not. But so I needed to rally. I was being told, you need to tell the story of what happened. I needed to rally. And you were excited and to tell so it. I was excited to tell it, but yeah. I'm like, gosh, the, one of my least favorite things to do is stand on a table and say, everyone, listen to me. Yeah. But you have a skill that allows you to do that. Yeah. So I say, Coop, I need you. And you immediately knew what, you, what yeah. I needed. You immediately stand on the table and just I stand scream. On a chair. You stand I'm on not a, chair. a maniac. Okay, yeah, you're right. Stand on a chair and just start screaming for everyone to gather. Not scream, I, but it doesn't sound yeah, like a yell. True. You it's don't just, have to scream. Right, I'm just using my octave. You just talk at a, I'm just, an octave. Hey, that's... everybody, gather around. Zach's going to tell the story. And it was so loud, but it was effective. Yeah. So I want you to know that you and have the a gift. And people were awkwardly stunned. Like They were like, were like what? And no one moved. Well, because they didn't know, they didn't hear the instruction because right. their ears were still ringing. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, so I just want you to know I appreciate you and I appreciate your gifts and talents. But it's loud. Yeah. No, I mean... Give and take, you know. If you if you if if you're gonna love me, you better love all of me. 
<laughs> all of me. If they gotta <laughs> love me. Loves all of you. Love all of me, Zach. L- all of me. Anyways. So loud. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, here with my co-host, Coop. <laughs> it's good to be with all of you today. That was good. Coop, we got a good one. As always. Yep. This is Jeremy Kubachek. He's the Ooh, I know. He's almost the, Jeremy Cooper check. Close. But close, not close, close. He is the CEO of Giant Worldwide, which is a management leadership consulting firm based out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Okay. He's the author of a couple books. The Five Gears, The Five Voices, and most recently, not too long ago, he released the one hundred X leader, How to Become a Leader Worth Following. So that's what we want to talk mm. about. The 100 and 100x means you're performing at 100% emotionally, and the x means you're multiplying. Yeah. So ultimately, that's what we want to talk about because if you're going to be a leader that's worth following, not a leader that people have to follow, you're multiplying yourself. Absolutely. And you're not. And it's the he, he defines it in the book as the intentional transfer of knowledge, skills, and various other things to those you're leading. And so that is, I mean, that's the greatest goal of a leader. I'm a firm believer that the the greatest asset or the greatest success of a leader is the success of his successor. Right. What legacy are you leaving? Right. If the company dies when you leave, you You weren't an effective leader. You You failed. failed. And so we get to talk to him about that. And and we've been a part of a lot of great organizations that pour into us and pour into other leaders that will faithfully pass the torch to later. So this is a great interview. Definitely. It was fun to sit in with you and I learned a lot. I'm excited. Here he is, Jeremy Kubitschek. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome. It's good to see you. Thank you for giving us time uh, to sit down. So I want you to just introduce yourself to start. How did you get to where you are today, and what are you up to here in Oklahoma City? Well, first, really good to, to meet you and be with you guys. Uh, you know, your dad and I go way back. So crazy. it's kind of a cool, crazy story. And your mom and my wife were co co-counselors at Canacuck, so it's just really cool to the be... The Canacuck connection is crazy. Yeah, it, it, it goes, really is. The roots are deep. Yeah, we were there for a long time, and, and uh, no, it's so it's so great. I love what you're doing, and for those listening, I uh, hope you have, I hope it adds a lot of value today, so I hope I don't screw up too. Well, me as well. <laughs> but how did you get to where you are? You're CEO of Giant Worldwide, uh, based out of Oklahoma City, I'm guessing. Had what was your path to kind of get to where you are today? To kind of give some context to our yeah, listeners. Our business is actually uh, based on the internet. We're not based in Oklahoma City. We're, we're around the world. So we're in about 20, 25 countries that we're working. So uh, the beauty of the decentralized world. So yeah, I'll, I'll give you um, all of you listening. If you're younger. Um, and I'm 48, so some of you may think that's really old. Nah. My view is that most leaders, most influence doesn't happen until you're 55 to 70 years old. Mm. The most influential years of life are 55 to 70. And that's really hard for a lot of 20-somethings. Like, what? Right. But to go, I look at it and go, um, I'm only 48, so I still have you know a good seven years until I'm in my sweet spot. Mm. And so it's kind of been a marathon that I've been working towards to get there. So... Um, yeah, so uh, 21 years old, uh, in college at Oklahoma Baptist University, had a professor who taught me, so Jeremy, use business as a platform for influence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you mean I can? And he then showed me how, took me to Asia, took me for a month, and we saw all these different things he was doing, he had done over there. And I just, so we put together a business model to move to Russia. I moved to Russia when I was 21, 
and started uh, economic school, started a, an accounting training company and a marketing consulting business. Huh. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. I had partners. We were all just doing what we naturally thought needed to happen. And we built some neat things and then yeah. ended up selling a couple things and um, ended up, you know, one of them, the Moscow Economic School still exists, largest wow. private school in Russia. Huh. And that was all from a professor who had influence in her life. That's crazy. So you're 21, you graduate from Oklahoma Baptist, and you just pack up and move to Russia? Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, well, so everyone thought we were crazy. Oh, the, wall, the, the Soviet Union had just fallen apart. It's 1993. And so we, six months after, the, the Soviet Union dissipated. And so you're like, um, well, so we had this motto. I'm like, who says we can't? Right. So when you don't know any better, it actually is helpful. And then who says you can't? And then you get there and you realize, uh, so it's, it's basically your conscious incompetence. And then you wake up and like, we're clueless, aren't we? Right. We all realized we were. And then we found our competency and we started doing these little projects and mm. this project funded these other initiatives. And, you know, you just start, you, you go with where you, where you were. That helped that we only lived on $750 a month. That's crazy. We didn't need much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Moscow. So, um, anyway. Well, that's fun. So how did that lead into where you are today? What is the mission or what are you doing at Giant World? Yeah, so Giant um, is the name of our company. So Giant is uh, basically a, um, it's a global SaaS model. It's a leader development business. And we use, um, uh, we use people development as a platform. Um, and so it's a scalable people development is our business model. So we created uh, Giant TV and the Giant platform is basically Netflix and Peloton, in essence, right. training, but for companies, mm -hmm. for their people. So it is, um, how do you get people 100% healthy? How do you get them to multiply? Right. How do you train people to scale and potentially transfer? So we built the system, and it's a subscription model. It's mm -hmm. 499 to 49 to 199 right. uh, a month. Mm -hmm. And depending on where, where you are as a leader, um, it's a really scalable. So how I got there was that journey. It started for me in Russia. And I started this simple construct. I was um, I was looking at the people. I was looking at the Soviet Union and what it did to people. And again, for those of you, some Russians may disagree with this, but right. uh, I watched 70 years of communism. And that domination, and it was in the color red because their flag was red, mm -hmm. blood. It was just uh, fear and right. manipulation to keep control. It didn't lead to empowerment. It led to abdication. All the people we met with afterwards, they were just kind of tired. They were grayed out. They were sullen. They weren't like, come on, let's take it. Let's right. go for it. So I'm like, okay, so 70 years of that culture produced this. That was this whole start of my uh, my business and what we're doing at Giant. I mean, it kind of leads into the book you just released not too long ago called 100X, The 100X Leader, How to Become Someone Worth Following. And it goes through that model of being 100% healthy and then multiplying the 100 and X. So where did that idea come from? Is it the same place or what inspired you to write yeah. this book? So we then took that concept that I just told you about, about the domination, and we started looking and going, okay, so liberation. Uh, what does liberation look like? So we created the support challenge matrix, which is, High support and high challenge. Mm -hmm. So uh, high support, if you think about the people in your life that are for you, your parents, are they for you? Yes, sir. You know they're for you. Right. Yeah. Do they challenge you? Mm -hmm. Some parents bring support. 
but no challenge. So they end up protecting people and enabling things. Some people, uh, some people's parents bring challenge and no support, so it feels like domination. Right. And then some people's parents are just checked out. It feels like abdication. No mm-hmm. support, no challenge. So to create that little matrix, it gives people the opportunity. So I started creating content. Uh, so in 2007, we bought John Maxwell's assets, uh, started and built out the nationally the Catalyst Conferences. Uh, I built the Chick-fil-A LeaderCast with our teams. And we did all these big events. And it was like, yeah, it was really great. But it wasn't uh, leading to ongoing transformation. Mm-hmm. So I started creating content in the form of tools. And the tools had to be so simple, so scalable, and sustainable so that people could learn how to teach other people. Right. So to get to your answer, long, long answer to your question, um, the 100X is basically a metaphor. It's way more simple to explain to people. So if I said, uh, where are you at right now? Are you 100X? Um, well, a lot of leaders are 60 minus. Mm-hmm. Some are 75 plus. So if you think about most of the leaders, the best leaders we've found in corporate world are 75 plus. Right. There's very few 100X people. 75 plus is generally healthy, and they're positively reactive. Mm. They'll add value, meaning, hey, if you, if you guys need anything, my door's always open. Come see me. If you ever need anything, just let me know. Right. We'll set up a meeting. Well, it's putting it on you. A 100X leader is positively proactive. I'm going to go, here's where I want from you guys. I'm going to talk about what my expectations are. I'm going to say, this is where you're at. Let's go. Come on. And I'm going to support you, and I'm going to challenge you to get you to that level. Mm. And there's just too few 100X leaders. Right. Yeah, talk about the the X part. You mentioned it a little bit, the subtraction, the addition. It's basic math that we all learn in grade school, but how does that apply to leadership? Where does that fit in? So my view, first and foremost, my view of leadership is that there's been a lot. Leadership is almost like a racket because publishers and all, everyone has leadership, 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 and that word is so overused. So it's a bunch of jargon. Leadership and culture. Unbelievably important, don't, don't hear me wrong, but a lot of jargon. Right. So I'm like, well, break it down. What is leadership? So we use the Sherpa model. So Sherpa on Mount Everest yep. is a good example of a leader. Yeah. Um, a Sherpa has to climb. So the Sherpa are the people who lead people up mountains. They're a people group. They're acclimated. At, they were born at 14,000 feet. So they are already have a genetic predisposition to climbing. So... They can climb and teach other, help other people climb. Right. So we boiled leadership to that. Leadership is performance. Every one of us has to get up every morning. If we lead people, we have our day job, our chores we have to do, and all the, you know, we got to make the donuts, right? right? We got to help other people. So we have to perform and then we have to lead performers. That is leadership. Right. You actually being healthy. So if you're not healthy, then it's hard to help other people. If you're at 60% or below, then you're not healthy enough. It'd be like having an asthmatic Sherpa. <laughs> yeah, it's Everest. not effective in, not, the, in the high mountains. I do not want them. I don't want to follow them. Right. So to go, what would it look like to you to do your job and perform at the levels that you need to? And then what about teaching me, helping me get to the next level? Right. So again, most people, they're generally healthy, but they're not really, they're kind of pointing and telling people where to go, but they're not leading them mm-hmm. on where to go. 
Yeah, I love the idea of a Sherpa. And if you look at the cover of the book, and I hope anyone listening will go get the book, 100X Leader, you see Mount Everest. And a part that stuck out to me was if you're talking to a Sherpa, what they're most proud of is not how many times they've made it to the top, but rather how many clients they've helped get there. So how does that play into leadership? What does that look like practically for a leader? So a lot of people have heard of you know servant leadership, and that's been used in a lot of places. Right. Um, the the problem sometimes with servant leadership is it would lead to protecting. It'd be a lot of rah rah, mm-hmm. and a lot of excitement, and a lot of hinting. Right. Um, but a Sherpa and and the one hundred X leader they bring support and challenge. Mm-hmm. So like think about someone who's liberated you, like who in your life that anyone listening think about this. Who in your life is so for you, you know they're for you, but they push you to the highest levels, they challenge you, mm-hmm. like it could be a teacher, a parent, it could be the best coach you've ever had, someone in your life who didn't let you settle, but pushed you to be that, right? Very, very few people in our life that fit that category. Right. So, um, and by the way, make their day, if they're still alive. If anyone listening, text that person. Tell them thank you. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the challenge. Uh, they empowered you and gave you opportunities that other people wouldn't have. Right. So to go, that is a leader worth following. So what happens is that is what a Sherpa does. A Sherpa has to go and put the support lines on Mount Everest. They have to lay the, the rope and the ladder. And then they come behind you and they get you to that next level. Mm-hmm. They're not sitting at base camp going, hey, everyone, see that camp up there? Go. Uh, yeah, but are there, are there ladders? Come on, go. Just go. And that's where a lot of leadership is. Just go. Right. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't gone there. And you're not doing it. And so the hypocrisy that's in leadership is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So to go, no, look, I'm going to be the healthiest. If I'm going to be a leader worth following, I'm the healthiest person in the room. That means I'm going to work on myself. So we created tools like rope and all that stuff. We've created tools in visual form to be able to use as mirrors so people can see the tools. And a lot of the tools are in the book. And when you look at the tool, you first look at yourself and how you're doing from 100. Oh, my goodness. I have a lot of growth. Yeah. But it's it's objective. Then it's now then used to train people. And that's what multiplication is. Multiplication is being proactive for people that says, look, this is where you could be on the mountain and I want to help you get there. Yeah. So I think a lot of times for myself, if I'm in a position where I'm, I'm called to lead someone at camp or at school, I kind of tend to, to gravitate towards the support side and rather the challenge side. So I think my weakness is challenge and bring challenge into people's life. So practically, how do I switch from that? What are practical steps, things to say or things to do to get there. Yeah, so if you know that about yourself, then you go, okay, sharing expectations. It's all about expectation management. The pro- the thing about someone who's high support and low challenge, they have expectations, they're not not sharing them. Right. So they'll hint. Hey man, let's go on a big week next week. Are we are we all set? Everything good? Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, let and they're like like hinting mm. versus, "Hey man, big week next week." I'm really nervous about A, B, and C. Tell me where we're at with those. So just literally writing out your expectations. I'm at, this is what I, I'm training, we train people, uh, we train highly seasoned executives how to write out their expectations. 
here's my expectation for this role. Does the person know that expectation? And what are you afraid of? Can you share that with the person? But where the drama comes in, most of the time, especially with someone with high support, low challenge, is they share nothing. Right. Then the person fails. Instead of going to that person, they go talk to someone else and they spread that narrative about that person. And they never give, that's not fair to that person. Right. They never give them a chance to perform. So if I go to someone and go, hey, you guys, I'm nervous about this. I need to see this work. That doesn't make me a dominator. Right. That means that I'm so for you. What do you need to do your job? But I am bringing challenge. Mm. And we just have not had very many leaders who have been able to do both. Right. We have a lot of people in the high support camp. And we have a lot of people in the high challenge camp. And so it's just learning to do the other. Right. So what if I'm on the other side of the spectrum? I'm high challenge, low support. How do I move into liberating from just a challenge perspective? So it, first and foremost, most people who are there. Um, so have you heard of, you've heard of the golden rule, right? Right. You guys are Dallas Baptist boys. You That's know right. The, That's the, right. The golden rule. What is it? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Right? Okay. Do you know what the platinum rule is? The pardon? Pardon? The platinum rule? I don't. Do unto others as they would want done to themselves. Problem with the golden rule, and, and no no tomatoes thrown at me, please, anyone right. listening. The problem with the golden rule, do unto others as I would want done, uh, as you'd want done to you, right? right? Well, I don't need a hug. Why do you need a hug? Yeah. I mean, it, in taken in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Then the golden rule actually is like, um, I wasn't trained. Why do you guys expect to be trained? Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Now, the platinum rule is uh, doing to others as they would want done to them. Like, what did they need to get to the next level? Mm. So thinking that way is a little differently. So to the challenge, high challenge, low support person, it, it realizing that you may be sending signals to people, you may be right and wrong at the same time. Mm. What you say is right, but how you say it is feeling dominating. It's feeling like fear. So we always t- say to people who are in this dominating category, um, if you light the fire under someone, they will move. Right. But it doesn't mean they move in the right direction. They're just getting away from the fire. Mm. Then they go sit down. So I spend all my time lighting a fire under you guys. What if I had taken the same amount of time to light the fire inside of you guys? Mm. Who are you? What are you? What's your mission? This is the mission of the company. Are we a good match? Great. Do you see where we're trying to go? Hey, do you understand that sometimes you guys drive us nuts? Do you understand? See what I mean? Yeah. And if you know I'm for you, you'll let me do surgery on you. You'll let me help you get to the next level. Right. And that's that. That is the the liberator where it's not kumbaya. Kumbaya is sometimes over in the protector camp. Right. It's like for you and I'm going to push you. Mm -hmm. But the climbers I interviewed from Mount Everest, every one of them, told me that their hero was the Sherpa. No, I bet. Because of that liberation. And they've been there. Talk about experience, because as a Sherpa, they have, I mean, obviously they're not going to lead someone up a mountain as harsh as Mount Everest if they haven't been to the top. So talk about experience as a leader, what it means to to be there and then to share with others. Yeah, man, it's kind of almost common sense, too. When You're going to follow people who've already been there. And so it's reputation. And so that's the basis of influence. Influence. Uh, so what happens is to most leaders is they, uh, most most people are insecure, right? 
and insecurity breeds all types of drama because I'm trying to prove myself to someone. I don't want to look weak. Right. I don't want to be, I want to make sure they know, or this is my job. I don't want them encroaching. Or I, well, right. that insecurity is like, oh my goodness. So we have, I wrote a book called Making Your Leadership Come Alive. And it's all about influence. It's the journey of influence. And I deal with this concept of self-preservation, mm. which is what am I afraid of losing? What am I trying to prove? What am I trying to hide? And when you understand those, like, oh my goodness, I'm trying to, hide the fact that I don't know what I'm doing mm. or I'm trying, I'm afraid I'm going to lose out on dot, dot, dot. Well, that automatically puts you in a position of self-preservation. And when you overprotect what you're afraid of losing, you lose it sooner. Right. And so influence is the name of the game and influence comes from experience, comes from competency. It comes from chemistry. It comes from building trust. There's a lot of factors involved. Mm. And so the X in 100X is what I want to hone in on for a minute is becoming a leader worth following is being for the people you're leading and being able to multiply. You have an idea in the book called Multiplying Magic. Can you kind of talk about that? What does it look like? What does it mean to multiply your magic? Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, think about like, think about the gold. We have mm -hmm. an industry uh, in our world and the industry is about gold. So when people die, Everyone's making sure their money transfers right. the gold. What about the magic that's in us? Mm -hmm. No one's working on transferring magic. Right. So what I find fascinating is that leaders will gripe about their employees. Well, leaders define culture. So we tend to think of it like a garden, a gardener. Mm -hmm. You're a gardener. You're responsible to help your plants grow, the employees. So to multiply the magic would be to allow you, you to experience the, the competency that I have. Mm -hmm. And we partner on competency. So if you're, if you're working for me, wouldn't it make sense that I would want the best for you? Right. Because if, if, if you're the best, it helps us become better. So, but that rarely happens. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to multiply magic. Guys, I'm in a, in a secure, confident, and humble way. I'm really good at connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at strategic partnerships. Uh, I'm really good at creating content. Those are some of my superpowers. Right. Some of the things I'm really good at. I'm not good at other things. So there's certain pieces that I want you, so if you guys worked with me, okay, I want you to get really, really good at connecting. So you watch me. So you're going to learn, but I'm going to proactively. So if I'm 75 plus, hey guys, I'm not going to really talk about it. If you ever need anything, come in. I'll be glad to answer any questions you have. Right. But if I'm 100x, I want you to be the best. Because when you're the best, it helps us be the best. So I'm going to go after the areas where you undermine your influence. Hey guys, when you shake hands, I need you to shake hands a little bit more firm. When you... When you meet with people, uh, you tend to go to your phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm going to call you up. I'm not calling you out. I'm going to call you up. Yeah. Because I'm transferring my magic to you. And I'm going to make you better in the areas that I'm best. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you'll be like me, but you'll go from a seven to an eight, eight and a half. Right. That makes sense? Yeah, totally. Talk about the importance of multiplying. Because I think you see a lot of companies, the CEO moves on, the CEO retires, and then the company crumbles because they don't, don't have anybody to take the torch once he's gone. So what is the importance of multiplying? Why do we do it? Well, you just said, right, so it's retention. It's, it's, the, it's the talent. Um, 
people are assets or people are liabilities. Right. And it's all predicated on leaders. Leaders will define if their employees are an asset or if their employees are liabilities. I have one leader I work with. He is he assumes the worst. He expects the worst in everyone. So he's a judgment machine to everyone, which is really himself. He's dominating himself. Right. So um, that whole idea of hurt people hurt people, right? So, but he is looking at everyone through the lens of negativity. Mm. Like, man, call them up. You're right. always calling people out. And so when you call people out all the time, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Mm. So the point is, is to build a, a team of people and to truly multiply is you're building a base and you're turning people into an asset. When your people are an asset, that is the company. Right. Um, at Giant, when people meet a Giant, anyone who works with us, they're like, who are these people? Where did you find them? Yeah. Well, we found them and we built them. Mm-hmm. And both together, they are, they're growing. And so people are they're astounded because our team is really solid. Right. So in the book, you say multiplication is the intentional transfer of knowledge, skills, and expertise into the lives of people you lead. I think it's such a beautiful, great quote. What are a couple practical ways to do that, to bring someone alongside? I'm leading you, um, and I, I want to multiply magic. I want to build you like mm-hmm. you were talking about. What are practical ways, steps, like steps we can take to do that? Yeah, so then you, you decide, first and foremost, what role do you want for that person? So... Got it. I want them to be a director of marketing or a marketing uh, coordinator. I'm making it up. Right. Great. Uh, what are your expectations for that role? Do they know that? Great. Now, what can you uh, multiply? What do you know that would help them? So you then break down your competency and you package that competency up. And then you literally almost like on a note card or on a Slack or, or whatever you use, right. you literally are giving this gift to them. But then you're figuring out, when do I do it? How do I do it? What's the best way? Platinum rule. Yeah. You know, based on how they are wired, how will they consume what you know? Mm-hmm. Is that a two-month period, six-month period? Is that over the course of a year? I really, really, really want you to get this. Like, I have a knack for smelling the future. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn how to package that knack to give that to my team. I don't know how to do it. I'm right now at a plus. Uh, I know I'm a plus guy. I'm trying to move to an X at how do I package my sniffer. Mm. Some of it's it's almost impossible because I can see things that other people can't see. So it's an intuition. But I'm trying to break the intuition down and figure out how to multiply that magic. That's good. And it all comes back to knowing yourself, knowing your strengths, to be able to lead yourself before you can ever lead anyone else. So kind of talk about that, the tools that you had mentioned earlier that, say, a Sherpa has that, that can be applied to leadership to better know and lead ourselves before we even attempt to lead someone else. Yeah, so the, our whole, everything boils down at Giant on self-awareness. So it's like, if you know your tendencies, um, all right, so let me give you guys a practical examples. Um, what do you tend to do when you get tired? Hmm. Uh, and, sleep. <laughs> but, when you, but when you tend to get, I become more lazy. Right. I let my guard down. I So then patterns and actions come from these tendencies. Uh, I have a tendency to embellish. I have a tendency to embellish to prove a point. 
I know that about myself. I'm not ashamed to say that out loud. That's actually me being authentic. Oh yeah, I have it. I can embellish better than anyone. Just take a thought and make it even to an extreme, so that I sell someone on the idea to get them to do what I want to do. That's a form of manipulation. So if I know that's my tendency, then I can begin to lead myself away from it. Hey, 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 you're about to embellish. Don't go there. Come on. Go black and white. Facts. Facts only. So I tell myself. So I change. I have a tendency that will never change. I have an action that can change. If I change and know my patterns, I can change the pattern. Patterns lead to a different action, which leads to a different consequence, which shapes a different reality. So the whole game for leaders to become someone worth following is to one, to have a goal for 100x and then to work on their tendencies. Their tendencies won't ever change, but to work on their patterns. Mm -hmm. So they go, hey, I have a tendency to be angry. I have a tendency to embellish. I have a tendency to be defensive. Whatever those are, to know when they normally happen and then have a different action. That's a mature leader. That's amazing. I love that. And so it, that's what it comes down to. If you know yourself, you can lead yourself and you can lead others. I love it. And then from there is when you're able to be the X and you can multiply yeah. people and multiply your magic. So as we land the plane, as we come to the finish, I just want to give you the mic and give you a chance to really talk to our audience uh, and say, this is what I wish I would have known. This is what I wish I would have heard. If you could go back and talk to 20-year-old Jeremy, what would you tell that person? Um, all right, so... A couple things. Number one, I did get this from my dad in my 20s, and it was unbelievably helpful. In your 20s, it's not what you do, it's who you work for that makes the most difference. Mm -hmm. I had guys who chased money, and they went to these corporate jobs, and by the time they were 40, they were burned out. And then I chose to work for someone, so I chose, and I got apprenticed. So I went to work for a guy named Kent Humphreys. Kent Humphreys took me to a whole nother level because I worked for him for five years and I was not doing what I wanted to do, but I was with who I wanted to be with. And that opportunity gave me, I mean, he sped me up. I saved me a decade. So most people chase the wrong things in their twenties. Their twenties is all about learning. If you think about 55 to 70, um, you're like, how do you run a marathon? Right. So it's who you're around. That is the biggest thing. If you are chasing a job or a title and you're around people who are chasing jobs and titles, you will be cored out by the time you're in your late 30s and you won't be useful later in life. Right. That's great. Jeremy, thanks so much for your time and just letting us sit down with you. It's been extremely beneficial. And how can someone get involved with Giant? Specifically through Giant TV. How do we do that? Yeah, it's really simple. Uh, you go to giant.tv. If you want to do a free trial, you can. It's giant.tv slash JK. Jeremy Kubitschek, not right. joking. Uh, yeah. So giant.tv slash JK uh, gives you a chance. If you want, if you go, this is really, really helpful. Really, if you want to look at the tools, if you want to have a, uh, an understanding of these constructs and ideas, then that's where you can find it. Or you go to Amazon, uh, 100X Leader, Five Voices, Five Fears, any right. of our other books are there on Amazon. Yeah, if you found this helpful, please go do that. It's literally Netflix for leadership. It's very beneficial. Jeremy, thank you so much. Awesome. It's been a blessing.